This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Welcome along to Wednesday morning. Yes, the police continue to search for Madeleine McCann. This time they've brought in sniffer dogs. You thought they'd have done this years ago, but they're getting round to it now. Uh, plastic bags will be banished. Oh, dear. Not sure about that. Uh, wood from Newton's apple tree, a bullet from Waterloo, metal from a dam buster, the Queen's new coach for the state opening of Parliament today. Labour could axe the TV licence. Uh, the Pride of Ireland Awards, you've never said, how you was there? Goodness sake, honestly. And Jedwood they managed to dig up from some cemetery. Apparently they were very funny. I didn't even know they were still working. I thought their career finished weeks and months ago. Even years. All of that and more... From LBC with Steve Allen this morning. And our usual caustic comments about just about anybody we can get our hands on today, including Gary Barlow. Do you know that tax avoidance is brilliant? It's so brilliant because Gary jetting out to Ibiza with his wife Dawn and the three children, private jet. Not for Gary going with you peasants. Oh, good Lord, no. Oh, no, no. Gary does private jet, which is probably just as cheap, actually. And he sort of gets onto this private jet and they sort of fly him out there. It's great, you know, if you can afford that. As I say, those tax avoid. I must do it. I want to fly in a private jet as well. I want to be, uh, I want to be that rich. And I love the story of Alan Jones this morning. You won't have heard of Alan Jones uh, because he's an Aussie. And he's a broadcaster. He's on air at 2GB. 2GB, I think, is in Sydney. And uh, he's still broadcasting at the age of 95. (laughs) I warn you now. And uh, he's just signed another contract for another 22 years. And what have they given him at the age of 95? They've given him gold cufflinks. What bloody use are gold cufflinks to a 95-year-old broadcaster? You'd have thought, actually, you know, perhaps some more money. He's earning quite well. What do you reckon he earns a year? They estimate about four and a half million dollars a year. That's Australian dollars. And I can't remember what the workout on that one is. So if anybody can tell me, you know, without me having to go to the websites and try and put it in there and find out, I'd be very grateful. 84850, steve at Alison Phillips talking in the mirror who went on a diet and gained weight. It is entirely possible to actually go on a diet and gain weight. Um, and, uh, and somebody else who's lost weight is Les Dennis. His curry roll has been well worth the weight because uh, he lost a stone using a 5.2 diet. I don't know what a 5.2 diet is. We'll find out a little bit later on. Uh, and here he is in Blackpool, smoking, standing outside a cheap hotel in Blackpool. In fact, all of them are cheap hotels in Blackpool. It's the only place you go to. They've got hanging baskets outside in Blackpool. They're all plastic flowers. You say the old chavs up there don't, don't nick them, because there, there's a lot of thieving goes on in Blackpool. So here he is. He's worth £14 million, but he's staying at £24.50 bed and breakfast. He's up there to see little minx. Mix. Uh, who are apparently uh, appearing in in cabaret. Although they did turn up at the Glamour Awards, proving they're not only desperately unattractive, but they've got no idea about fashion. Not a clue. You've never seen anybody wear such naff clothes. I'm assuming they came out of a catalogue. But anyway, little Zane is uh, is on the phone. He's got a minder with him. He's got all his tattoos on display. And uh, is he smoking? Difficult to tell, really. But you thought he could have stayed in somewhere a bit, uh, a bit posher. But there again, there isn't anywhere really posher in Blackpool, is there? £24.50 is probably top whack. You'd probably get hot and cold running water down the walls for that one. Then there were the, uh, the, the couple, the lesbian couple. Uh, why that makes any difference, they're lesbians, I've got no idea. Apart from the fact that they hadn't fed their dog for 45 hours. 45 hours they had not fed the dog. So when this man opened his uh, back door, an army veteran, uh, Clifford Clark, 
he was cooking, the dog went mental. In fact, at one point, it bit the end of a gun off that the police were aiming at it. It ripped him limb from limb. It ate him alive. He was, he was, uh, he was lured by the smell of meat stew. And, uh, literally, his limbs were left hanging by a thread. And what did this two old... Oh, I can't even use the word. These two so-called animal lovers, what did they get? A year in prison. Do you know, honestly, filth like this, they don't... I hope the dog was destroyed. I mean, it's, it just really beggars belief, doesn't it? But apparently they say here, I hope dogs are not blamed for these attacks. Well, quite clearly, it's the... You never get bad dogs, do you? You get bad owners. In this case, they hadn't fed it for 45 hours. What sort of pond life... Well, here they are. Here is the pond life. Delia Woods and Haley Sully, two uglies of the First Order, who didn't feed a dog for 45 hours. And it's one of those big dogs. When it clamps its teeth on, it don't let go. This poor man, who was an army veteran... Um, I don't know why they hadn't fed it for 45 hours and why they allowed it to roam free in neighbours' gardens. But because the... Wait for this one. This is even better. But because the crime was in May last year, before a law change brought in tougher sentences for owners of killer dogs, they faced two years in prison at most. And all they got now was one year. They'll be out in six months. Filth. Absolute filth, honestly. And uh, here they are. It's the Pride of Ireland Awards. My God, they must dredge the toilet you, Ben, for this one. I mean, who are these people? Who are they? I mean, they've managed to dig up from the cemetery Christine Bleakley, Robbie Keane's wife, Claudine. Who? Robbie Keane's wife. He's a footballer, I believe. Who's his wife? I've never even heard of his wife. And uh, Una Foden. And uh, who else do we get? Callum Best. Who's looking like Screech from Saved by the Bell. I mean, what a waste of space Callum Best is. What do you do, Popper? What, I, mean, what, I mean, do you have a job? Do you do anything at all? God in heaven. And who else? Jedward. Looking for all the world like two of the campus things you've ever seen in your life. Now that they've started combing their hair, they just look slightly peculiar. And, uh, and Louis Walsh. He says, it's wonderful to celebrate the goodness in people. You see, Louis Walsh is fine. Jedward. I bet he tried to avoid Jedward like the plague. He used to look after Jedward. And then I think their mother took over the running and that was the last you ever heard of them. I mean, they really were the uh, the oddest pair you've ever seen. Sleep in the same bedroom, share the same baths. It's not normal, is it? Not normal. But apparently, it's quite normal if you're a twin. I don't think I am a twin. Well, in fact, I'm pretty certain I'm not. But you never know out there, there might be somebody who looks exactly like me. Lucky person. Very lucky person. Um, more on the uh, the a burger van man who rescued pupils from a, from a bus that crashed. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Uh, the Forgotten Hero, who won only a, the only D-Day VC. And depending on which paper you read today, now either Leona Lewis has jumped ship from Simon Cowell's label, or she was pushed off it. Because in one of the papers they say she was pushed, and in the other one she says uh, she sort of jumped ship to go to another record label. I don't know. I mean, I haven't bought ever a Leona Lewis album. I don't know why I haven't bought a Leona Lewis album. I should have done, shouldn't I, really? I wondered why the other day she was saying she wanted to go into acting. She said she wanted to go into EastEnders. And I thought, oh, does that, gener that generally signifies to me that something's about to happen. 
with their recording career. Because if you don't sell records nowadays, there's no point in a record company hanging on to you. Gone are the days when you'd go in the studio and you'd bring out an album and you'd tour. It doesn't work like that now. It's literally a case of... Simon Cowell now has his, has his eye on the Christmas market. Already, in Simon Cowell's recording studios, they will be whizzing through a whole load of people from the X Factor, from Britain's Got Talent. Uh, even if they don't use the material, they've got it. And they will have them recording. So I think last year, in the Christmas charts, I think he had seven or eight of the artists in the charts. And you've never heard of any of them ever again, because they bring out the one album and that's it. It's just a Christmas album. So I reckon that half those people on Britain's Got Talent will be up on there. There'll be a couple of, uh, there's a couple of boy bands. Actually, I've noticed, talking of little boy bands, I did laugh, because it turns out that three people from The Only Way Is Down, sorry, Essex, uh, I think Arge, that's the one who can't sing, uh, the other one, I don't know who the other one is, and Dan Osborne are going to release an album called The Essex Boys, and apparently, according to the laugh in the paper, and I forget which, which columnist did it, if it's Dan Wooten, you know it's an old press release, because that's all he manages to do, and um, they were saying that there's a bidding war over them. There's no bidding war at all. That's the biggest pile of rubbish you've ever read in your entire life. There is no bidding war over these people, because they don't have a track record. Nobody's going to risk money on people like that at all. Uh, there's the Hair Awards, and it turned into a bit of a fight with two people. It was up in... I forget where it was, actually, but, but it gives you a rough idea. The VIP was Michelle Keegan and her boyfriend. I rest my case. I rest my case, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Jane Moore, columnist of the year. I think she got that from Glamour, or as I prefer to call them, all these NAF awards, which they hand out like dolly mixtures nowadays. Uh, they go, I tell you, let's just sort of get together and walk. It's nice, you know, I like Jane Moore, don't get me wrong. Always like Jane Moore. But you have to laugh at sort of these awards which are handed out like sweeties. They just hand them out and so people turn up. And it's just, it's a load of old crap, really. It really is. Uh, hit a bodybuilding Lothario. Calls himself Britain's vainest man. This is uh, Matt Dunford. There's something about him. He looks slightly odd. He says, I've never been knocked back by a girl. No. But uh, anyway, he's failed to appear in court to face accusations of bombarding a fellow personal trainer with text, online messages and phone calls. What is it about people nowadays bombarding people? They just, it's, it's all of a sudden, people are so they start sending out texts and emails. Susanna Reid fears her career could be damaged if Good Morning Britain is axed. Oh, how funny, she thinks it's a career. Oh, there's me thinking it was just a photo opportunity. Oh dear, Susanna. They haven't learnt, have they? You haven't learnt, they haven't learnt. But luckily those of us on the outside can, uh, can quite clearly see, without any malice, uh, but with loads of foresight, that this was a marriage doomed to failure. There was no chance that you were ever going to win over the ITV audience. Only because you'd said about four weeks prior to the move, no BBC courses through my blood. Quite clearly a compulsive liar. Uh, the sort of person who just did a little bit of dancing on the television. She reads an auto cue. That's about it. That's, there's nothing else to her. She's one of, you know, loads turned out by the BBC, auto-cuties, they're called, and they're just people who have the ability to read words on a, on a moving screen. That's all. They don't have to do anything else and sit there and occasionally flash your knickers. That gets you in the papers. Then they go, gosh, you're really sexy. But, of course, people aren't interested in sexy on the television. We're interested in, do we believe everything you're saying? Do we like you? And if those two things are a big no, switch off. You switch off and you turn on the radio. I mean, laughingly, the BBC have decided to axe one of their overnight programmes on the radio to, in, a, in a laughing effort to save money. Of course, this just gives me more ammunition. I mean, I was wiping the board with them anyway, but it's even easier now. So they've managed to get rid of somebody, saving themselves about 200 quid a day, and uh, for no reason at all. But, of course, the BBC say, uh, oh, we, you know, we're, we're sort of trying to save money. It was put out to tender. 
There's no saving money about the BBC. You want to go there and see how many people are working on radio programmes. Biggest waste of money you've ever seen. Count how many people, which I've done on numerous occasions, are working on the Graham Norton show. About 40. 40 people work on that show. An average BBC show, the one show, there's something like 35, 45 people working on it. Doing what? Doing what, for God's sake? They still managed to screw it up. Quarter past four. It's 19 minutes past four. It's Steve Allen. It's Wednesday morning, coming to you live. Well, as live as we can be. And it's early breakfast. Nick Ferrari and the team at seven. Ask Boris is back as the Mayor of London joins Nick to take your calls. And as there are growing calls for an investigation into how a US soldier came to be held captive by the Taliban, Nick will be asking, did Obama make a mistake? Plus a special report from Tom Swarbrick on a very unusual predator stalking a London park. And what's been left off the Queen's speech. Oliver Duff, editor of the I newspaper, will be looking through the papers this morning for Nick. According to Google, the currency conversion, 4.5 million is dollars, 2,488,000. Is that America? Is that uh, Australian dollars? There is a difference. So, two million. That's what this, this radio presenter gets from 2GB. I'm willing to work. I'll have to take a, a pay cut, but I'm willing to work for that. Willing to work. We were, we were checking the other day that Nick was uh, mentioning about size feet. And and how and how large women's feet are actually becoming, and I got a um, I got a, uh, an email yesterday from somebody. I'm going to have to find it again because I was fascinated about about how big people's feet become. Not only how big they become, but also what's actually available. What is actually available for uh, for people uh, and their and their shoe sizes. I didn't. I thought that just all women had small feet, but it's not true. Morris says you seem surprised when you mention size fourteen for men. At Long Tall Sally, we go up to size fifteen for women. Wow! In the twenties, when they used to drink champagne from a woman's shoe, they'd have needed a magnum. A size twenty. Oh, sorry, no, size fifteen for women. That's at Long Tall Sally. Wow! Thank you. For that. I'm. I'm fascinated. Absolutely fascinated by. By somebody who can sort of get feet. That's, that's way too big, isn't it? I was checking around here. I mean, I'm, I'm ten and a half, and I think ten and a half is, is fairly average. It's interesting. Three TV stars that have joined the UK's longest-running musical. Uh, Fifteen tickets sold for Joseph in the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. And so they've got uh, Over the Rainbow winner Danielle Hope as the narrator. Dancing on Ice finalist Matt Lipinskis as Pharaoh. Well, I was walking along about the banks of the river. And Lloyd Daniels as Joseph. It's going to be the campus Joseph ever, isn't it, I would think. Poor old Lloyd Daniels. What has he done since he, uh, since he finished? He was only a finalist in The X Factor. Actually, there's a great story about, uh, about him. Ah, no, this is Bill Kenwright's production. It is somewhat different. Somewhat different from the other one. Somewhat different from the other one. So, uh, oh, there he's released a single, Lloyd Daniels. He's always releasing photographs of himself. He does selfies with his shirt off a lot of the time. So, <laughs> make of that what you will. But I suppose that'll be quite useful for Joseph, won't it? Because Joseph does spend a lot of his time with his, uh, with his shirt off. Uh, another one here, 84850, steve at uk. Um, apparently on the news tonight, they actually reported the dog pounced and broke down a fence to get to the man and attack him. It must have been terrifying. When the police arrived, the dog then tried to attack one of them, took two bullets to kill it. I can't understand why anybody, whether lesbian or otherwise, would actually not feed a dog for 45 hours, unless you're particularly stupid. 
and they look as though they were particularly stupid, but unfortunately all they get to spend... For, for losing that man his life, for that man being ripped apart by a dog, I mean, that must be... I can only liken that to the most god-awful thing that can ever happen to you. I can only equate it to that poor boy who went out to South Africa. Do you remember years ago? They went out on a school trip, and they were camping in wherever it was, and... Um, he was in his tent at night, and a lioness came sniffing for food and stuck her head in the tent. Well, I don't know if you've ever seen lionesses close up. They're big. They're very, very big. You go to London Zoo, you have a look at the lionesses. They're enormous. This thing stuck its head in the tent. He panicked. He ran. Never a good thing to do. You can't say to somebody afterwards, listen, don't ever run. Don't ever run. But that she then saw it as prey, and she brought him down. I mean, that must have been the worst thing ever. I mean, I can't think of... Oh dear. Even drowning would be preferable, wouldn't it, really? Uh, it is Australian dollars. That, that, um, that Australian presenter gets two and a half million pounds sterling for doing, his, uh, for doing a radio show. I'm definitely underpaid. I'm definitely going to have a quiet word with those that matter in the business. I think I need that. I think I need that. Um, I thought I'd email you a recommendation for a place of interest, says Emma. It's the newly opened Museum of Comedy. Yes, I've heard about this. Have you heard about this? It's in a church in Bloomsbury. Permanent display of comedy, memorabilia and artefacts from Victorian Music Hall to the early 1990s. It's, uh, it's one man's amassed personal collection. You can even have a photo with the famous stuffed bear from Steptoe and Son if you wish. A must for the comedy connoisseurs. I went yesterday. So St George's Church in Bloomsbury. Yes, I got the press release from them. Somebody sent me in the press release from it. So that sounds quite nice, doesn't it? I like the idea of having a comedy a comedy museum we don't have things like that we've got stuff in the museums do you know what i want i would i i, I did dream last night that i'd bought two things which are at the museum of london but they're hidden you have to look for them and you won't find them i, I defy anybody to find these things i only knew about it and was taken down there when london had the home of magic they had the egyptian halls in piccadilly and at the front of the Egyptian halls, halfway down Piccadilly, and there is a plaque there, were these huge Egyptian-type statues. Well, they're in the Museum of London. Where are they? They're in the car park. You've got to go down a road that says, no entry, to see them. They're, they're propping up a back door with a, with a plaque on them. But you've got to go down there to see the blooming things. And I want to buy them. If I had the money, if I won 71000000 million, I'd buy them. I love the LBC podcast, Steve. Subscribe since the start, five plus years. Please persuade the powers at LBC Towers, very good, to allow yearly subscription as the maximum is currently six months. Is that all they do at the moment? Oh, perhaps, perhaps they should do a year. A year would be better, wouldn't it? Because it's from as little as £2 a month. And uh, if, if they did it for a year, perhaps it could come down in price a little bit. That'd be quite nice, wouldn't it? Because I, I do advise people... To, we do a free podcast. Myself and uh, as a couple of other presenters have a free podcast because we're, we're apparently very popular, so we do free podcasts. And then we have the main podcast as well, and that you pay for. But what the producer does <laughs> is take out the uh, the news, the adverts and the travel and stuff like that. So you don't get to hear Andy. You know? although, although we could actually put something together, I'm quite sure, if, if, you know, if needs be. And then you can have the whole programme like that, which is, which is quite a good idea. Oh, look, TV biz with little Colin Robertson. The column gets worse and worse. It's just a filler now. And so here it is. The only way is Essex is Sam Fahir's, a dreary old bag at the best of times, enjoying a cuppa with the Hatter in an Alice in Wonderland-themed photo shoot. Apparently she quit the ITV show in March to focus on her rekindled romance with the dimmest man in the entire world, the rather simpleton who is Joey Essex. 
and apparently she's doing very well. She's co-owner of the fashion boutique Minis. She never seems to be in there, actually. And uh, she's also about to become an auntie, because her sister's up the duff. And she's set to launch her debut fragrance called La Bella. It's funny how they all believe the publicity, isn't it? She's, she probably seriously believes that she's a fashionista, whereas, uh, whereas she's not, really. Oh, here it is. James Argent, Tom Pierce. Isn't it Tom Pierce, lend me your grey mare all along, out long, down along, Lee? Uh, and Dan Osborne are following Joey Essex by releasing their own album. Did, any bother with, did anybody bother with Joey Essex? I don't know. Uh, they formed a Rat Pack-style band called the Essex Boys. Unfortunately, still suffering under the delusion that James Arge Argent can actually sing, whereas, of course, he can't. And that's why they haven't exactly been falling over themselves, contrary to what... The, oh, that's right. I was going to try and tell you which column it was in. It was in the... Uh, it was in... What's it? Colin Robertson's column telling you that apparently they're all falling over themselves. You know, lots of people, they, they, they want to be taken seriously. Well, they won't be. They're just silly little reality people on a television programme. They'll never be taken seriously. It will never happen in a million years, and the album will be remaindered within inside about, uh, about three weeks. Other stories of the papers today. The Nolan sisters have finally ended their eight-year feud. You know, they all hated each other. It's a bit like One Direction, only this is the girl side of it. Oh, no, wait a minute, One Direction are the girl side of it. Uh, no, in the, in the Nolans, they're actually... They haven't spoken to each other for ages. There was a big, a big bust-up, and I don't know whose fault it was, uh, frankly. I know that after, after Bernie was diagnosed with terminal cancer, she wanted them all to get back together. And, oh, yeah, we're all back together again. The hell they were. Everybody hated each other. Everybody hated each other. And uh, so four of the Nolan sisters are flying to Florida next week to celebrate Maureen's 60th birthday. Except Colleen. Colleen has said that uh, she would have jumped at the chance to join them, but she couldn't because of long-standing commitments to loose women. What a load of cobblers. What a load of cobblers. If she wanted the time off, and they... Put it this way, it's not like it's a big surprise. There's a 60th birthday coming up, unless she really is that thick, and she doesn't know when her sister's birthdays are, but if she doesn't talk to anybody, I can imagine it's highly possible. And so, and because of her long-standing commitments, you can get time off, dear. You can get time. You know you can get time off. But, of course, you choose not to. And uh, I don't think that she's healed the differences with anybody at all. And, uh, to be honest with you, I mean, pfft, it's their business, isn't it? It's a family. That's it. This was after their, their father had uh, had allegations made against him by one of the other sisters, and then they all stopped talking to each other. Then they went on tour, and then nobody was talking. It was all a bit of a disaster, really. A bit of a disaster. I'm size three. I don't know if that's a man or a woman. I mean, size three, that's totally sure. That sounds like the baby size, doesn't it, really? And then uh, Mark says, I'm 28 and a size 15. It can be a nightmare to get shoes. It's easier than it used to be, as you can now order online. But I had to buy my first pair of 14s at the age of 16, and my mum had to take me to a specialist shoe shop. It now comes down to what shoes I can get, not what I want. That is enormous, isn't it? Size 15. That's like, I mean, that really is. That's like small boats, I should imagine. Size 3 sounds better. You know, what can you do? 84850, steve at uk. Quick time check for you. It's 430 Morning, everybody. 28 minutes to uh, five. Steve, if Frank Lampard moves to America, maybe Christine Bleakley will go with him, says Sue. Well, there's what we get rid of the two at the same time. He's done an interview with one of the papers. I think it's The Sun. They call him Lamps. There's probably a reason for that. I never thought I'd leave Chelsea. No, I mean, I have to be honest. I didn't... What? What's the matter? You debating whereabouts to go, James, now? James is a little bit hungry. 
he could he could certainly do with something. He's uh, he's a, he, he doesn't know where, where to go to get a get a bit of sustenance at this time of the morning. So I've recommended a few few places, and he seemed fairly interested. That uh, you know we'll, we'll end up well, no doubt he'll tell us tomorrow what he ended up popping in his mouth later. So uh, reading the uh, the story about lamps leaving Chelsea, I wasn't sure if I got the thing wrong yesterday. I thought that he decided to leave Chelsea, and he decided to go do something else. And then somebody said, no, they're not renewing the contract. But he's been there for 15 years. And I thought, what is it? I mean, do people go off the board? Because I know so little about football, there's no point in trying to pretend I know about football when I quite clearly know nothing about it. But I, I do bluff fairly well. So I understand how it works at Chelsea. But is it because he's been there too long? Is he too old now? He's only 35. Is that now too old to play football? Have they found somebody better? He, I mean, he was done years ago, wasn't he, in an £11 million deal when he was signed. So now he says, I never thought I'd leave Chelsea. What is he going to do? Is he too old to be signed for somebody else? Does he have a following? Does he have a, you know, is there, is there I mean, we'll, we'll sort of, ch- I mean, Chelsea, Chelsea fans will never desert Chelsea, will they, to go and follow him if he goes to another club? Because I thought they were always fairly loyal at Chelsea. So if, if he goes to America, what the hell is he going to do in America? What's he going to do in America? I did put forward the rumour the other day that uh, she's hoping to get back on television. I'm, of course, campaigning for her never to be allowed back on television. Only because it just doesn't work. There is no warmth, there is no chemistry. And what people have got to have, and I don't care what anybody says, but certain people have a warmth on breakfast television. And uh, for all his sins, Frank Boff years ago had that comfy thing... And certain people have got it on the BBC, only certain people. They have that warmth and they're able to project it through a camera. Others are just like cold fish. For that, look at Alex Jones on The One Show. No chemistry at all with the camera or anything. It's just, she's just reading an auto cue. She quite clearly hasn't got the faintest idea what she's talking about half the time. And so you've got to have... I don't know what it is. Sometimes I can watch Lou Swimming, and Carol Vorderman has got that natural ability to project through the camera. Not everybody has it. Everybody wants to be on television, don't they? Oh, I want to be on television. I want to better do this. Somebody the other day was complaining, and I can't remember who it was. It was somebody who was very interested, saying, who was it down? I must have been watching some programme. And they said, I'm sick to death of women complaining that they're not getting on television... Pro- oh, I think it was Matthew Wright... Matthew Wright. In fact, I thought one of the they had Anne Diamond on there, so she was technically one of the first ladies of television, and she had uh, um, a chemistry with Nick. It worked. They weren't going out together, but people thought that they were because they were so good together on the television. Eamon Holmes doesn't have that. He does, so he'll he'll appear loads of times on the television, but there's no there's no sort of chemistry. Even when he's with Ruth, it's just like a fat, dirty old man who's sort of making jokes at her expense a lot of the time, which which isn't necessarily the best thing to do. He's quite clearly a bit sexist, but that's you know that's fine. That that's his uh, that's his uh, his act. That that's great. Just eat less, I think. Just eat less of the studio. So when you watch somebody on television, they've got to have it. It's no good just sitting there reading the words. That doesn't mean anything at all. You've got to have it. I mean, Chris Evans, to a certain extent, has got that on. T- he can make reading an auto cue look effortless. Whereas when you watch certain people on the television, they're just reading an auto cue and they're frightened to move away from it. When they had that woman on the television the other week, she was doing the BBC News from Salford or wherever it is, and she was working with Charlie State. No, it wasn't Charlie State, it was somebody else. He said, go on, say, say you love pandas. And you could see that she was petrified that she was coming off script and she didn't really know how to do it. And so she just pointedly ignored him. And he said, go on, say you think pandas are cuddly. 
And she, she just stared ahead and then carried on reading the auto cue. And I thought, God, they are just bores, aren't they, on the television? They are just the auto cuties. Certain people have got it, certain people haven't. You know, whatever you thought about Michael Barrymore, Michael Barrymore had that ability to communicate through a television camera. You know, he was able to be silly. Admittedly, sometimes he was a bit too silly. But he was able to be silly and get away with it because people went for that kind of thing. Bruce Forsyth had it. You look at the early Bruce Forsyth on all the game shows, he had it. Watch other people doing a game show. Not a bloody clue. Not a clue. You've only got to watch that dreary old Mel Gidroyd to realise that there is such a thing as a really chronically bad presenter. You've got... I don't know what it is. I don't know how it works. It's like listening to radio. Some people you listen to on the radio, they've got an ability to communicate. At the end of the day, you analyse what they've said, and they've said nothing. Hello? I'm putting my hand up. You know, but you've, you've got to have that ability to do it. Some people can do it, some people can't do it. Some people find it effortless and can't understand why nobody else can do it. So that's why, when I read some of the columnists, and I couldn't be a columnist in a million years. I really couldn't. I mean, I can do it on the programme, but I couldn't actually put it down into print. But Alison Phillips talks about lots of things, doomed to die fat because we've lost the will to say no. But then she talks about snappy Katie. This is the very dreary Katie Price, and you know what a nasty little piece of work she is. Anyway, she calls her fellow columnist. Well, Katie Price's column was taken away from it. It was so bad. They gave it to um, Katie Hopkins, I think. It certainly went to somebody else, and nobody was remotely interested in... Although she does have a column in some naff little newspaper thing, or uh, the Colour Sup magazine. And she says here, she... um, And Glamour Girl, Katie Price, uh, the fellow bit only applies to columnists, you'll be relieved to know, has taken umbrage at my suggestion there might be more to her marriage collapse than meets the eye. Because she always goes on, Katie, she drones on in that monotone voice of her. You can imagine waking up to hear that, would you like some toast? Awful, really. Now, come on, Katie, she says, I never meant the affair didn't actually happen, just that if there was anyone capable of turning a crisis into a lucrative drama, then you'd be that person. Seriously, nobody could be happier than me to see you and Kieran Haler reunited outside the hospital this week. So thank goodness there was a snapper, coincidentally, right there on hospital property, which technically isn't allowed without permission, you know, to capture that magic moment. Yes, that's what I said as well. Katie Price, who... When she, when she had a programme on the television, of course, she hasn't for ages because she doesn't do anything. Going to get your nails done is not very, very exciting. She never has any business meetings because she's got no business acumen. She never writes a book because she's not, she's not capable of writing a book. And so she'd look out the window and go, are, are, the, pap, are the paps following me again? And you go, no, I don't think so. That was like, like the Del Boy thing, wasn't it? Where Del Boy was going hang gliding and he didn't want to go. So he'd arrange with Rodney, you know, make sure there's a, there's a, there's a phone call. And so they strapped uh, Del Boy up into this hang glider. And he said, oh, oh, Rodney, did I hear the phone ringing? And Rodney goes, I don't think so. And he goes, I'm sure I heard the phone ringing in the car, Rodney. And he goes, no, Del, you didn't. We haven't got a phone in the car. And it was at that moment that Del realised. Unfortunately, with, with poor Katie Price and her children and the whole bloody sad entourage that goes with her, the sycophants, the Kerry Coke toners the Michelle Watsit Heatons and all those sort of drearies. That's the best she can get. She can't find a man because she's, she's just basically an ugly who's able to sell every aspect of her life. But even that's running out of steam at the moment. And so I said, the moment that photo appeared, how lucky there was a photographer there to capture the moment. How lucky. Because they don't follow her anymore. She's of no interest to anybody. 
The only thing that I was thinking about is that somebody must have phoned up to say, she's going to the hospital. Otherwise, what do you think they do? Do they stake out the hospital? No. No. They'd have been tipped off. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Last Saturday, I heard, I, want, I don't work Saturday, Del the cabbie. Never worked Saturday in my life. I don't know what you're listening to, sweet pea. He said, I heard you slag off Carl Frosch for not being married to the mother of his kids. He's since proposed. I await your comments. Um, what, what sort of comment would that be, sweet pea? So he was not married to the mother of his kids, and then he does that fight and then he proposes. So what, why, why would you await comments unless you're particularly stupid? And I'm assuming you are particularly stupid if you think that A, I was working on a Saturday, and B, because he's since proposed, because at the time I made the comments, he had not proposed. Dimbo. My God, honestly, you, please tell me you're not a cabbie. Please tell me you're not that thick. Please tell me. Dortmund Dom says, I'm a size 14. In shoes. In shoes. That's 14, I think. I'm, I'm looking down at mine. I'm, I'm, I think these are 11s. 14, 11, 12, 13. Enormous. That's it. The, the producers are nine. Not little, little girly feet. Nine and a half. No, nine and a, listen, nine, nine and a half. There's no difference at all. What's a half? <laughs> Doesn't mean anything at all. Uh, Charlie from Hillingdon says, you're the bitchiest man on the air. Truth hurts, but it's funny. Yeah, I know, people don't like the truth. Like poor little Dell the cabbie. I bet he's single. He's bound to be, isn't he, really? And, uh, and Matt says, you are naughty. I've been told off by my partner for waking her up by laughing out loud at you spitting feathers about the BBC. Oh, it's great. I, listen, I work in the assumption if I'm paying for it, I can say whatever I like about them. And you're all paying for it. That's why it's a dreadful waste of money. So by axing a, a programme overnight on one of their radio stations, saving 200 quid, this apparently is supposed to make headline news. I only knew about it because Duncan Barks told me. He said, your audience is going to get even bigger now. I said, yeah, that's what we like. We like bigger audiences. The bigger the audience, the happiest, uh, the happiest person I am. And uh, Drew says, I've never seen you on television. Why is that? We need to go to YouTube, sweet pea. You'll see loads of me on television. Loads of me on television. I mean, dear God in heaven, I'm listening. What, are they dragging them out of cemeteries this morning or something? Loads on television. Loads and loads and loads on television. Uh, the Aussie DJ, Alan Jones, is as dull as Ditchwater, says John. He says, get yourself over here and keep us poms amused. We're starved of real English humour and amusing insights. I'm sure we could all chip in for your two million pound fee. Oh, sorry, two million dollars. I'm not working for two million. If he's working for four million dollars, I want to work for three and a half. He's not even fit to polish your microphone. At 95, he must be a bit gaga, mustn't he? I mean, because you don't have all your faculties together when you get to 95. But they've given him a 22 year contract. Dear, honestly. I should imagine his studio must smell like a hospital. Do you not think so? Dettle everywhere and stuff like that, and probably sani pads or something. Um, he may earn $2 million, but he's still appearing in pantomime, Steve. He appears as one half of the magic mirror in Snow White next month. Does he really? So I'm having a look at a picture of him. So, oh, good heavens above, look at this. Snow White, the family musical in Sydney. Cliff Richard? No. Is that this? This can't be this year, can it? Can't be this year. Surely not. Wait, wait a minute. Friday the 4th of July. Sunday the thir- 4th of July to the 13th of July, 2014, at the States. Uh, Cliff Richard in Snow White, the Winter Family Musical in July. Somebody called Kyle Sandilands. Who's Kyle, Sa- who's Kyle Sanderlands? Who's he? We don't know who he is, I'm afraid. We're none the wiser on that one. Jimmy, Sir Cliff Richard and Peter Everett. How strange. 
I think that's hilarious, actually. So they have sort of a pantomime-type thing. They've got uh, somebody called Magda Subansky as the Wicked Queen. And there's me thinking it could have... Oh, anyway. And, um, you know, I've never even heard of her, but she looks as though she could be a very, very wicked queen. So, $2 million. This is Kyle Sanderland. Who is Kyle Sanderland? Somebody would have to tell me who he is. He's doing panto over there, and that's about as good as it gets. As good as it gets. Um, Sorry to disagree with you, says Trelawney and Guinevere. We think Alex Jones is a little hotty. Might be. Might be a little hotty. I wouldn't disagree with with being a bit of hot... just, Just rubbish. You know, you could still be a little bit of a hottie, but rubbish. You know, you've got to be good. Fern Britain made presenting on television look effortless. You know, she was that kind of person. And also, when she laughed, I laughed as well. She really, really... She would start laughing about something, and she'd corpse. And I love people who corpse. I think it's uh, I think it's fantastic. Kind regards and all our love, says Trelawney and Guinevere. We shall listen online once we get to Doha uh, to visit the cousin, Guinevere's other nephew. And uh, we're rather anxious about the current controversy surrounding the FIFA bid. Yes, yes, I I also worry about the FIFA bid, as indeed is everybody else over here. Whether I shall give you in a moment, I'll tell you very quickly, it's 14 minutes to five. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning. Phil says, didn't they used to say that police always wore size 14 shoes? I I was watching a great programme. I love these police camera actions where they stop somebody and they go, um, is this your car, sir? They go, uh, yeah. And, uh, well, it's showing us no, no tax. And you haven't got any insurance either. And so they go through it. Yesterday, it was, it was a couple of chavs on a, on a housing estate who were, they, they, they were drunk and the usual sort of very leery, think they know it all. So in the end, you know, he's, he's being abusive to one of the police officers, who's been quite calm, but you could tell it was getting borderline. Borderline, we were going to be... He had his pepper spray in one hand. This guy's going, yeah, what are you picking on me for, mate? What are you doing this for? They, they're, they're quite clearly very stupid. And they were a bit thick. They were, they were candidates for the Jeremy Kyle show. And then he, at one point he says, what are you picking on me for, mate? He said, because my bird over there, she's got, like, my baby in her belly. I thought, you really are thick, aren't you? And he was, he was such a plank. And in the end, they'd had enough, and they wrestled him to the ground, and they arrested him. He said, what, what are you arresting me for? Which I always loved, because the police officers are going, well, it's a Section 5, you know, it's a public order offence, whatever it is. And so they arrested him, take him back to the station. And he's still kicking off when he gets down there. He turns around to the cameraman and says, you get any closer to me, and I'll kick your teeth in. He really thought he was the big I am, he, but he, he, he was such an old girl. He was such an old drama queen. Anyway... Uh, one of them they let go on bail, but him they hung on to because he was wanted for six knife robberies and he's in prison for six years now. You have to, he obviously likes it in prison, I suppose, being surrounded by all those men. That would make him fairly happy. And then, and then they, were, they did another thing where they were on... Where were they? Dartford. The Dartford Tunnel. And they decided to set up the police operation where they put all the cameras on the bridge... And it does number recognition. It was devised, the number recognition, some years ago, to be used for terrorist cars. So they could spot the cars. Now they use it for number recognition. And every time um, a car came into view on the ones they were using in Dartford, it, uh, it put up, was it Popeye the Sailor Man or something like that? So they knew immediately because it just, it immediately clicks to the, the computer and they can tell whether it's got anything. And they were pulling the, these cars in. They were pulling all these cars in, and uh, it's amazing what they were finding. In one of them, they found more than £80,000 worth of cocaine because the car had been used for, for drugs. They found people whose, uh, whose car, they hadn't actually registered them, 
And they were getting, like, they were taking cars away from people. It was hilarious. It was so funny. I was so, I was so pleased. I, I sort of sat there thinking, this is what policing is all about. It's keeping these people off the roads. But the best one was a woman who's just about to pull into her house and the police pull her because she's been weaving about over the road. And she's Australian. A yes, officer. And he goes, uh, we're going to, you've been weaving about all over the road and I can smell drink. You know, because if you've been drinking, the police can spend it. She goes, can I just drive into my house? He says, no, you're not driving anywhere. She was literally within within three feet of the house. And, he's, and uh, so he said, no, he said, I'm going to breathalyse you. And so they, they put the tube on and they explain how the breathalyse works. You've got to keep blow, 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 blow. And you've got to keep going because you're taking the breath from the very bottom of your stomach. And she was just going, and stop. He goes, no, do it again. Keep breathing until I tell you to stop. And she couldn't get it right. He said, listen, this is the third time. He said, you normally only get one attempt at this. If you don't manage it this time, I'm going to take you into the police station. OK. Anyway, so she eventually manages to summon up the because she's drunk. You can see she's drunk and she blows, I think, over the limit. And so up until that moment, she thinks it's some joke. She's, she, she thinks that she's just going to get a telling off. And he goes, now, you've, you've gone over. There it is. It's gone red. That means you're now officially under arrest. And we're going to take you down to the police station. And so she goes, um, can I just put my car in there? She's not, she's not quite believing it. I thought, in Australia, they're very hot on drink driving. Over here, it's idiots like her that can kill people out on the road. She had no idea what was going on. She oh, but uh, you're just going to tell me off. And he went, no, you're under arrest. So she gets out of the car. She's a bit unsteady on the old pins. They put her in the back of the car, and then suddenly it hits her that she's actually in the back of a police car, and she bursts into tears. Well, as far as I'm concerned, I couldn't care less whether she breaks down. I'm not, I'm not really remotely interested. She's one of those people. She could have caused a death on the road by driving into somebody and not even know about it. So take her back to the police station. She's still crying. She cries the whole journey. Can I go and tell my husband? No, you can't. We'll make a phone call to him later, but you're coming to the police station, so then they connect her up to the big machine. Now, you've got to blow under a 35, I think it is. She's blowing 60. She's seriously over the limit. So they then go, you know, um, you'll be going to court over this, but you'll be spending the night in the cells. Well, at this point, she becomes totally distraught. I'm laughing like a drain. I'm laughing like a drain, thinking, this is what the police officers do. This is what they have to do all the time. They've got to keep prats like that off the road. You see them all the time. I sometimes look at the cars thinking, you either don't have a licence or you're under the influence of something. And so that's why they've got to do it. And it's, it's fascinating to, to watch them going out there. But whether or not police officers have size 14s, I don't know, Rupert. Do they have size 14s? Or is that just, it used to be that standard joke about police officers, didn't it? Dean... The soon-to-be ex-milkman says, I'm a, sh- a size six in shoe, but I am as tall as the milk bottles I deliver. A size six? That's a munchkin, isn't it? A size six? That's tiny! Grief! Damien says, I've just been working hard on a 24-hour shift in London fixing power cuts. Yeah, bet you've been well paid for it. And you've made my morning with your comments about Katie Price. Oh, we love making comment about Katie Price. We used to, when we used to do the one-man shows, people used to say to me all the, all the time, don't, don't celebrities ever sue you? And I used to think, for what? There was nothing ever to sue. What, to say that, you know, she's dreary? That's not suable. That's called fair comment. You're allowed to have fair comment. And for somebody who sells every aspect of her life, you can, you can absolutely say anything you like. You can't make allegations against her, unless it's, unless it's true. And everything I always say is always true. Um, 
Regarding the ITV morning show, says Annie, they should never have got rid of Fiona, Penny, Kate, John or the rest of the original team. If it ain't broke, don't mess with it. Yes, that's what they used to say about something. But in fact, they're now going back to sort of the pre-date. You thought the last show couldn't be worse with Christine Blit. This one is even worse. This one is even worse. It just doesn't work at all. Just doesn't work. And there's going to be a, uh, another one. Um, another one here. And this is from, uh, from little Keith, who says Lampard's been at Chelsea for 13, not 15 years. Who cares? They're not renewing his contract. And uh, they say his contract's expired. They're not renewing it. They're not renewing it. That's it. He's been offered contracts by 16 clubs. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Obviously, little Lamp fan, are we, Keith? And uh, he's 36. Oh, well, there you go. He's way too old to be playing football now. But uh, it's, it's not a case of contracts expired and people move on. Uh, they're not renewing it. Because otherwise... So it's not a case of moving on. It's a case of they don't want him. They don't want him anymore. That's why he's done a piece in The Sun today. I never thought I'd leave Chelsea. No, they don't want him. If they'd wanted him, they'd have signed him up again. But they didn't, did they? (sighs) Poor old Chelsea. Never mind, I'm sure he'll find something to do out there. What? I've got no idea. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. So uh, we await... The, uh, the state opening of Parliament, which is going to be very good. I wonder what the speech will say. What will it not say? That'll be the most interesting thing. Uh, you've just mentioned uh, Tesco's have reported losses uh, in the paper. It's their worst set of figures, I think, for so many years. We did that yesterday. It certainly wasn't, uh, it wasn't a today story. We did, that, we did that yesterday, didn't we, Tesco? Is it running today in the news as well? But, uh, no, it was their worst ever. I think they were down 4% or something, which is, uh, which is quite a lot, quite a lot. Um, are they not realistic that they have more competition and now should be grateful they're making money? Uh, well, they've always had exactly the same competition. Tesco, we've always had the big supermarkets. It's not a recent thing. We've always had Waitrose. We've always had Sainsbury's. We've always had Marks and Spencers. We've always had Morrison's. We've always had Aldi. We've had Asda. They've always been out there. And there is far more competition. And people are prepared to shop around now. So for Tesco's to lose it, the trouble is, if you look at the big supermarkets, if you look at the supermarkets as they stand, you would probably say at the top of the list would be Waitrose and Marks and Spencers. I'm talking in terms of what customers they attract. Tesco, uh, I mean, Waitrose and Marks and Spencers would be at the top, then probably Sainsbury's, and then you'd go down to, to Asda, Morrison's, Aldi... Tesco's, places like that, they would be considered lower down the chain. I mean, you wouldn't ever consider if you know a Tesco customer who would shop in Marks and Spencers because a Tesco customer would be looking for, for bargains. You go to Tesco, they, they sell loads of stuff that Marks and Spencers wouldn't touch with a barge pole. You know, people would say, well, they actually put Tesco's near all the, all the Chava states and they go there. You wouldn't get people going into Marks and Spencers or Waitrose. That's not their kind of thing at all. So the different supermarkets attract different people, and their ads reflect it. So for... I, just, I can't remember who Anton Deck are paid by. Are they Morrisons? They're, they're paid by Morrisons, and they weave it into all of their, their programmes, because that's, uh, that's who pays them the golden shilling. And, uh, and they promote Morrisons. They promote the supermarkets, and people are loyal to their supermarket brand. Sainsbury's are brought out, and every so often they have these food awards where they take food and they go look tesco did really well they actually got four out of the top things whereas marks and spencers were down the list i don't think marks and spencers customers are going to change and go well i think we'll start shopping in tesco all of a sudden it doesn't doesn't work like that you tend to use a supermarket if it's on your doorstep so for me it would be 
Sainsbury's, which is up by Twickenham Green, but it's a bit too far away, I would probably end up going to Waitrose or Marks and Spencers because it's the most convenient. Occasionally, Iceland. I'm not too proud to go to Iceland. I do go to Iceland occasionally, but only for certain things. Only for certain things. I can't remember what those certain things would be, but it would be uh, would be certain things that you can only get in Iceland. Because, again, that's appealing to a different sort of market, hence having Kerry Katona at one point advertising them. Now they wouldn't touch her with a barge pole, like everybody else. Still plenty more to come on your midweek early morning breakfast show with Steve Allen. It's Wednesday. Lisa Aziz here at 6.30 with the morning news. It's claimed builders, bakers and dinner ladies are some of the safest drivers on the road. An insurance company looked at the number of accidents people in various professions were involved with. Lulu will headline celebrations for the Commonwealth Games opening ceremony in her home city this summer. She'll lead a lineup of top Scottish musicians at the event on Glasgow Green. Dame Helen Mirren's added yet another trophy in her cabinet thanks to the Glamour Women of the Year awards and many GCSEs and A-level set to be dropped at the latest stage of a major exam shake-up. Courses in subjects like the performing arts and catering are going to be scrapped. From LBC, I'm Steve Allen. It's next. This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Bit of a swizz on the old Euro millions, isn't it? It was going to be 80 million on Friday, but nobody won last night, so you'd think they would taken the 71 million and added it to the 80 million they were giving away, making it 150 plus million, but they haven't. They've just said 85 million. Nobody won the other night. There were five or six or seven winners, and they were all foreign. So nobody in this country won diddly squat. So nobody won it, so on Friday it's 85 million, but it was going to be 80 million anyway. So they've actually sort of, they've saved themselves a small fortune. So uh, nobody won it. So 85 million now. I don't know, honestly. It gets more and more stressful by the day, doesn't it? It's LBC. It's all happening this morning. And with the help of your company, we're here till 6.30. So, Lulu heading celebrations for the Commonwealth Games, leading a lineup of top Scottish musicians. Dame Helen Mirren, yet another gong in the trophy cabinet. It's become so dreary, doesn't it, after a while. She was presented with a Glamour Icon Award last night. They're just, they're made-up awards. All these magazines come up with an award so they can go, oh, let's, let's bring out a few people. So they just, they hand them out like dolly mixtures and they all sit round a table and go, so who should we give an award to? And it's just an excuse to get out there and try and get some sort of interest going. And so they hand them out to all sorts of people. They really do. I mean, I'll, I'll run through what the, uh, what the actual awards were and exactly uh, what people won. Uh, so the UK solo artist Paloma Faith. It's obviously who's available. Uh, fashion designer Simone Rocha. TV personality. Wait for this one. This is hilarious. TV personality. So they go through everybody. TV personality. Who do they come up with? Naomi Campbell. Naomi Campbell. That foul-mouthed woman. Uh, presenter. Emma Willis, sportswoman Christine Urugo, Urugu, comedy actress Sarah Highland, who? Who's Sarah Highland? An American, a modern family. What's she giving it? I'm sorry, what are they giving it to her for? International solo artist Taylor Swift, filmmaker Lake Bell, radio personality Fern Cotton. <laughs> God, it just goes to prove what a pile of rubbish these awards are. Next breakthrough, Lily James. Best band, Little Minx. Mix. I mean, please. Is it who's available? 
Theatre actress, Billy Piper. What? Outstanding contribution, Nicole Kidman. Outstanding contribution to what? Her latest film, just been panned. The biggest pile of rubbish you've ever seen. International TV actress, Emily Van Camp. Who? Entrepreneur, Alexa Chung. What? Dear, you've never read such rubbish in your life. Mind you, I suppose they all sort of like to believe these kind of things. Columnist Jane Moore. Uh, Oh, oh, here we go. Editor's Special Award, Taylor Schilling. Who? Glamour Hero, Davina McCall. Dear God, I mean, surely somebody must have seen through this pile of garbage before. Film actress, Sally Hawkins. Glamour icon, Dame Helen Mirren. Oh, my God, honestly. You just lose the will to live, don't you? Perhaps they should have it for Bunty magazine as well, you know, and come up with a few people like, you know, sort of Dick and Dom or something, you know, heroes of children's television. Not. 84850, steve at uk. They are rubbish, these awards. Every, every week, every week, there's another, uh, there's another award ceremony in a hotel where they sort of try and drag people out... And they go, oh, look, we've given you this award. Oh, yeah, I'll turn up. Because they're all sitting there with all these clothes and they've got, they, they, they've got nowhere to wear them. I'm surprised, actually. I thought Style Icon would have been Colleen Rooney. But apparently nobody seems to bother with her anymore because it just doesn't work. In Australia, as long as you could uh, get your car back on your drive, you couldn't get done for drink driving due to private property laws. They've changed it now. Oh, I'm glad she got caught. I'm so glad she got caught. I'm so glad. I don't know what the end result was, but I'm just assuming if she was blowing a 60 and 35 is legal limit, it's got to be, um, it's uh, got to be something. Apparently Kyle Sanderlands is another talentless, bloated Sydney DJ who's continually in trouble with the broadcasting authorities for obscene broadcasting breaches, says John in Manly Beach. The trouble, you see, the funny thing is you can be obviously a, a radio presenter in Australia and nobody's ever heard of you. We had one working for LBC some years ago. We didn't know who he was. But we had Australian management at the time, and they kept trying to tell us he was really well-known. But we, we'd never heard of him at all, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850, uk. Oh, Alan Jones' age. He's 73, not 95. Yeah, no, the 22-year contract adds on. So that makes it 95. So he's 73, and then it takes him to 95. Uh, the, the issue I had was was not the age, it was the, the present they gave him, a very gold cufflinks. What in God's name is he going to do with those? I've got, no, he must have loads of cufflinks. Loads and loads of cufflinks. Uh, 84850, steve at uk, And uh, we shall weave everything into the programme. We don't miss anything out at all, because we just don't. The Forgotten Hero, who won the only D-Day VC. I'm fascinated by seeing these heroes on the television and, and some of them, when they actually meet again, there are two people who met here, two veterans who fought shoulder to shoulder on D-Day, have been reunited by chance after 70 years. This is uh, Joe Cattini, 91, and Dennis Hunter, 90, in the same unit, delighted to meet again. The old comrades chatted and shared jokes before taking a ferry to France. They only knew who they were when they showed each other photos. They went, oh my God, you're that person. It's amazing, really, isn't it? I'm glad that they've, they've met up, and I hope that they continue to meet up and they have, you know, lots of chats and, and talk about the, uh, the awful memories that they have. Two schoolgirls. I think this must be in America. It must be. It can't be over here. Two girls of 12 
stabbed a pal to death and they told police they plotted her murder to join a cult that worships an online bogeyman. Um, I mean, this is in uh, Wisconsin. The trouble is, over there, they're, they're quite clearly, they have mentally ill children. And so Anissa Wiener and Morgan Geyser, both 12, lured their classmate to a wood where they stabbed her 19 times, leaving her a millimetre from death. They were so hooked on the fictional killer called Slenderman, they believed he was real and thought killing was a way to join his world. That's how stupid they are in America. It was weird. I didn't feel remorse, one of the girls told police later. The bad part of me wanted her to die. The good part of me wanted her to live, the other said. They launched their savage attack on Saturday after inviting their unnamed victim to a weekend playing hide-and-seek. A court report reveals as they left for the park, the victim was walking in front, and they lifted up her white jacket and displayed the knife tucked in the waistband. They're not, um, they're not all there, are they, in the brain department, I'm afraid. Uh, my main hate... Is drivers using mobile phones on the road, especially those that drive expensive cars? They seem to be in a different world. I don't. I can't understand why people haven't got uh, automatic, you know, phone pickup. I've got a, an automatic phone pickup. I know, I wouldn't dream of using the phone in the car. That would just be stupid, wouldn't it? Absolutely stupid. Um, Dean says, why are we calling Aldi and Lidl discounters? We should call the others overchargers. But they're not. They do have things which are cheap, and they, they do admit that they sell a lot of stuff as lost leaders. In other words, to get you into a store, they will put up an advert. I think this week there was one on the television, and it said... What did they say? Oh, that's right. It was these things in one supermarket are £12, but in Aldi, or in Asda, they're £5. But that might be their only bargain that week. So what they do is they get people in to go and buy that. And while you're there, you buy some fruit, you buy this, you buy that, and you end up spending more money. It's, it's like pumping out the smell of fresh bread in supermarkets. That encourages you to buy fresh bread. And you look at the cakes, you go, oh. Whereas I found the cakes in Greg's, the cream cakes, are actually incredibly cheap. 90 pence for a cream cake in Greg's. Because I did buy some yesterday. I did have one. I did have a cream slice cream cream donut which was actually quite nice i only had the one i don't do this very often i'm but they did a nice one which was an apple turnover with cream and icing on i mean it's it's what i call sugar overload you want to throw yourself up on the ceiling for a diabetic this this is the real one uh david london underground supervisor probably got a badge as well says fern britain is great on the television she's a real hottie with a contagious laugh des says i don't think lulu should be leading the commonwealth games celebs as a scot myself which thinks she turned her nose up at Scotland with fake English accents and forgets she came from a tenement in Glasgow's East End. Oh, no, she never forgets. Oh, no, she can lapse into it at any time she wants. I know. I know. I've spoken to her. She's very good. She, she, can, you know, she, she can turn it on. Uh, Tesco have too many self-service tills. Aldi very quick at the checkout and sell good quality stuff. They won an award for their wine. What you'd expect from the Germans. Oh, I hate German wine. I used to drink German wine all the time, but now it's so sweet. It just doesn't uh, just doesn't do anything for me at all. That's the the, the country that gave you Liebfrau Milch and uh, stuff like ooh, Black Tower. Remember Black Tower wine? People used to drink it. Oh no, I couldn't drink anything like that now. I've become a bit. Uh, I drank a lot of uh, Australian wines and New Zealand wines. They were quite nice. But I'm not a wine connoisseur. I just open the bottle and pour it. But at the moment, I'm a f- uh, it's it's Prosecco, and I do like Prosecco. In fact, I was explaining to my uh, my neighbours yesterday. I, I nearly, I did learn yesterday, but I can't remember what it is now, the Polish word for watering can. Because my next doors have got a 17-month-old boy called Matthew. 
and he speaks Polish and English. Well, he doesn't actually speak Polish and English yet, but they're teaching him both languages because his mum's Polish and his dad's Scottish. So he's going to grow up being very confused. But he's, he's got a little watering can and they fill it up from the water bar on the patio. And then he goes round and waters. And I did learn the word for watering can and I've completely forgotten what it is now. It doesn't make any difference, does it? We shall, we shall have, a, have a quick check. And I can tell you uh, that the... Is that uh, Connie Connie Qua Connie Con Conuka something like that. That actually that's rough. Yes, how you pronounce that? I've got no idea. But that that's watering can. Just in case you wanted to use that, it doesn't crop up in many conversations. But if you're thinking about it today, maybe in the supermarket checkout, you could say, "Do you have any Conuka?" You know, and see what see what they come back with. They're bound to come back with something, aren't they? LBC News Times five fifteen. Ferrari and the team at Seven Ask Boris is back as the mayor of uh, London joins Nick to take your calls. And as there are growing calls for an investigation into how a U.S. soldier came to be held captive by the Taliban, Nick will be asking, did Obama make a mistake? They're calling him a deserter. Plus, a special report from LBC's Tom Swarbrick on a very unusual predator stalking a London park. It's not Ollie Mann. It's, uh, this thing comes in from the sky, hooded. Oh, wait a minute, could be Oliver. I don't know, no. And uh, what's been left off the Queen's speech, looking at the papers today? Oliver Duff, editor of the I newspaper. Uh, Rupert, the policeman, uh, not a size 14. They used to talk about policemen's big feet, didn't they? He's only a size 11, which is what they say is average nowadays. I think 11 is an average one. Anything less than, than 11 for a man is a little bit too, uh, too small, I think. Especially when you get down to somebody who's got six... Um, iNews, uh, Aldi, says Patsy, good, consistent quality, offers are worthwhile. I once had the same opinion as you, but I've learnt they don't sell rubbish food. Well, nobody can afford to sell rubbish food, because if they sell rubbish food, nobody would ever shop there, would they? So, uh, so they don't do that anymore. Pete says, <laughs> Adrian Childs, now here's a TV presenter with the personality of a wet fish. He said, welcome, welcome along to the morning. I mean, he just mumbled, didn't he? How did he go from presenting a business programme to being a so-called expert on football? I have no idea. I have no idea. I only care when they actually pop up on the on the television and they start fronting things. But, I mean, but for the but first thing in the morning, that'd be the last thing. Uh, Lamps. Chelsea took over my life. I never thought I'd leave. For 13 years, he's been inseparable. Like Rogers and Hammerstein. Really? Cain and Abel. Marks and Spencers. One didn't operate without the other. 13 years. What was it? 600 and... 48 games or something like that, and uh, it's over. Uh, uh, it's, uh, it's Frank Lampard, unattached, or as one wag from deep in the bowels of the Sun Life Stadium put it yesterday, uh, uh, they, they were sort of saying that even Lampard had a, a great laugh. Frank Lampard, unemployed. So he will be from July the 1st. Previous day, the announcement he was leaving Chelsea, accompanied by the news some 16 clubs were chasing the signature of the man who'll be 36 in 16 days. A bit too old, isn't he, now, really? A bit too old. 16 clubs chasing him. But it won't make any difference, because if you're, if you're a Chelsea fan, you're not going to go to another club, are you? Not really, so it doesn't make any difference. Uh, Konevka. There you go. The watering, the watering can says Max. Konevka. I think that's how, I think that's what it was. Konevka. Mac, I was saying, Matthew, pick up the Konevka. See, oh, I'm fluent now, you see. Now, now, I'm, now I'm doing all these other languages. I feel quite... Pra- pra- I'll have forgotten it by tomorrow morning. I promise you, I would have forgotten by tomorrow morning. And, um, and Matt says, you know when you listen to the radio, you get a mental image of the presenter. Sorry, Steve, I keep saying Dara Brain. 
Well, it's OK. What do you say? You shouldn't have a mental image. It's called, you know, this is the year 2014. We do have the internet. You can actually see straight away exactly what I look like. And, uh, and then poor little Rosalind, who's uh, still on her medication, says, when you get up in the morning, do you deliberately pick people to be mean to? Yeah. She says, why can't you leave Susanna Reid, Katie Price and her family life in the BBC alone? What about picking on people like yourself? No, I leave that to you because you're, you're, you're picking on me. So, I mean, it's, it's, so it's quite funny, really, isn't it? Pot, kettle and black, dear. But uh, I do, deliberately. I'm, well, in fact, not till I come in the studio. I don't think about it till I come in the studio. And three or four of us will sit upstairs and I'll, I'll go through exactly who I'm, who I'm going to be picking on. Yep, because if they're in the newspapers, Rosalind, I think old describes you very well, um, then, then they're fair game. If they're in the newspapers, then they're, then they're there for me, love. But it's nice to know you're there every morning. But uh, you're turning into a little bit of a bunny boiler, a little bit of a stalker, so we're, we're watching you very carefully. OK. Uh, I bet you still haven't tried the Aperol in your Prosecco yet. I haven't, John, no. I don't like to... Inter- I, I have got some Prosecco at home, and I had to give a... I didn't have to. I gave a bottle to... Uh, some friends of mine, and I said, be warned, this stuff is lively. I mean, you, I mean, I defy anybody. I should, should have brought a bottle in for the presenter, uh, the producer, the presenter. I'm the presenter. And, uh, <laughs> I thought. And, and I, I would defy him to be able to open this, this bottle of Prosecco without hanging on to the cork. It is so strong, the, the pressure inside this bottle. It literally, it's, you've got to, it, it's seriously, I mean, I've got to hang on to it with both hands. Very dangerous, very dangerous. Uh, I'm with you on the mobile phone, says Drew, but I hate van drivers and lorry drivers on the mobile. In my stupid fantasy, they're supposed to be professional drivers. Well, they're sometimes the worst. I mean, I see people, you know, using mobile phones all the time. Although I saw the ultimate the other day. I nearly shouted because we've still got the problems with bicycles uh, using... uh, the pavement, and jumping red lights. And the other day, I was coming down here to go to Trafalgar Square, and this cyclist nearly ran me over, because he was cycling on the wrong side of the road to jump the lights. And I nearly shouted a very rude word at him, but I, I held back, because I thought he must have realised that he was, he was a bit thick in the first place. Uh, can you ask Andy about the mystery of the octopus holding up the traffic in Oxford Street? Yes, it was, a, it was a fake octopus. I can't remember why it was a fake octopus. I can't remember what it was doing there. Because the only story that I watched yesterday on the television, I did see the octopus, I didn't worry about it that much, is I was interested in what the government is saying about how pub companies are treating their landlords badly. Now, there was a programme on the television a short while ago from... And it was on a company called Enterprise. And Enterprise own pubs. And the deal is this, that you go into a pub, if you're uh, a landlord, and you, you take on a pub, and they rent the pub to you at a certain set fee. Sometimes the pub will have to be done up. They've got a number of pubs in our area, Enterprise. And I know a number of landlords who would never work for them ever again. Because you have to buy your beer from them. And they set the price. And the price is higher than you could buy it on the open market. So landlords are held to ransom by these companies. I mean, they couldn't really care less about people. Somebody else will come in, they think, oh, I can make a living. Some of these, and there are 23 pubs a day that close down in this country. 23 pubs a day, many tied in to these big companies who charge extortionate rents. 
and the landlords are barely making a living. I know a num- I could take you to meet four landlords and their wives in Twickenham who have fallen victim to these companies who overcharge them. It would be cheaper to go to Waitrose and buy your booze in there than it would to buy it of the tied houses. And finally, finally, Nick Clegg and Vince Cable, because obviously Vince Cable has had loads of people complaining in our area, uh, have revealed the government will give landlords new rights under a statutory code. They've, they haven't gone half as far as they should have done. The adjudicator will resolve disputes and they will probe alleged breaches of the code and impose sanctions on pubcos if they fail to comply. Because Vince Cable said local pubs and their owners play a vital part in vibrant local communities. I wouldn't go that far, but, you know, they're, they're there and they are a part of the community, but we've lost loads in our area. And so what happens is the landlords feel their income is squeezed by the big company. There's no feeling about it, Mr Cable. There's no feeling about it. They absolutely do. They absolutely do. There's no feeling that they do. You need to, you need to open your ears and start listening to what landlords are saying. So in other words, the Thai tenants have to purchase beer from their pubco, usually paying higher than market prices in return for subsidised rents or other benefit, leading to complaints they're substantially underpaid, which they are. I mean, 60p a pint saving would be a huge boost in the battle to keep pubs open and could lead to cheaper pub prices for customers. I couldn't give a stuff about the cheaper pub prices. I'm more interested in whether the, uh, the landlords get a good deal, and they don't in many cases. They absolutely don't in many, many cases. Warren says, if you don't want to be picked on, don't go into the public eye. It's quite simple, really. Yes, absolutely. It is very, very simple. It's not complicated, is it? But these people deliberately go to the public eye and court publicity. But, of course, Rosalind, not quite understanding that bit. But she's a, she's a terrible bully. Terrible bully herself. Which is, whereas I'm just stating facts. I only state facts. The audience is dire on this morning. Katie Price is a vile person. Ask any of the people she's ever been out with. Every time she finishes with somebody, she's in the papers slagging them off. I mean, I couldn't care. She's like a little baby machine. Uh, Aldi have the best-tasting British strawberries. OK. And Kevin the Milkman says, like you, I go to Costco most weeks, and when you see the wholesale prices, you realise how much profit the big supermarkets make on some lines, and they have to cheek to claim to be cheap. P.S. Size 9, wide fitting, can only fit into vans or New Balance trainers. I love vans. I think we get to a certain age, Kevin, and vans are absolutely ideal. Trainers, I'm not... I've said before, I can't really do training. I think they're for younger people, trainers. They're cer- certainly not. I don't really look good in trainers. Some people around here look good in trainers. I'm not one of them. I wonder what Hank Marvin will be wearing today. We're recording Hank. He's in town. He's got a new album, which is uh, some great classic songs. And Hank, I think, is about 71 now. So he's coming in today. We'll have a, have a chat to him for In Conversation for this weekend. And then uh, next week. Who have we got next week? Oh, we've got the, the fifth Monty Python. The fifth Monty Python. Uh, Coming up as well, the story, uh, Justin Bieber, his sick new Ku Klux Klan N-word video. What is the matter with this boy? Has he got one or two screws loose? Is Is he deliberately stupid? I don't know, actually. I don't know. And, uh, and anyway, says Warren, that Rosalind woman, if she wants a voice, get a radio show. Oh, I suspect probably not, but I mean, I, I take the point. LBC News Time, 5.30. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to six. I was reading a review the other day in uh, one of the colour supplements over the weekend of a programme called The Complainers. It was about a lot of people who complain a lot. And the worst one was somebody called Lewis. 
otherwise known as the traffic droid. He was quite clearly somebody with one or two screws loose who went out there and complained about everything. He got by far the most screen time because he's not he's not all there upstairs. Um, they, they, they say here, as Lewis Droid's modus operandus was to pick a fight with every bus driver who he felt had maligned him, which was every bus driver in a bus, there were plenty of choice nuggets. But actually, though he was the main character, Lewis didn't really have a specific complaint to make. Far from being the infallible reasoning machine his name implied, Lewis was just really, really angry with everyone. It was a bit sad, really, people who just complained. I just saw them as attention seekers. People who just wanted to sort of get a name... I mean, he goes out there with cameras and shouts at bus drivers. Whereas, in fact, really, he just looks like an idiot out there. But that's why these programmes are designed. They are designed for us to, to laugh at them as opposed to with them and thinking, oh, well, somebody's got to complain at some point. Uh, the Daily Express today... Uh, the Maddie police in fresh dig after the sniffer dog search. They brought in these dogs who apparently are highly sensitive. Uh, whether they find anything, we have no idea. They've been digging for two days now. They started the other day and they uh, they haven't said anything as yet. Kate Middleton has been crowned Britain's ultimate beauty icon. I've got no idea who by. Two in three people uh, branded her as perfection. And uh, everybody else went for Michelle Keegan and Cheryl Cole. Obviously, are some very low-rent people. And if you want a happy marriage, make sure the wife is the breadwinner. Oh, right, that's the way forward. They're always advising you, aren't they, on how to have a happy relationship. It's interesting, from a paper like The Express, where Richard Desmond got rid of one wife to bring in another one, so quite clearly he's, he's not taking his own advice here. And so husbands who earn less than their wives have better sex lives and marriages. Not if you've got children, you've got no sex life at all. I've spoken to people about that before. <clears throat> the average house price has hit a record high of £186,000 in the country. That's the average, 186000 Of course, there are certain places you can go to which are an awful lot cheaper, and there are places you can go to which are an awful lot more expensive. Either way, either way, people uh, now are having to save up an awful lot of money. And it's not easy. It's not easy to save. We were told the other day that most people have an average of, I think, around about £9,000 in savings. So I asked the producer whether he had £9,000 in savings. He didn't, but he wasn't far off it. And I suppose it's there for a, a rainy day. Uh, Noreen says, John Bishop was brilliant. It was really him trying out jokes for his arena tour. I hate it when they do things like that, Noreen. I hate it because I always think you're being cheated. They're using you as a tryout so, so that the, uh, the shows that really make them the money. And you remember John Bishop is earning, I think in the last uh, time they looked at his company accounts, £57,000 a week. £57,000 a week. I, I could be happy on that. We could all be happy on £57,000 a week. Uh, the Queen will travel to the state opening of Parliament in a living time capsule, a new state coach celebrating... Hundreds of years of the nation's history, because they've got fragments of Henry VIII's warship, the Mary Rose, Sir Isaac Newton's apple tree, the Stone of Destiny, all incorporated into the Diamond Jubilee carriage being used by the monarch for the first time. They are so uncomfortable, these carriages, because the wheels, they're going along London's route and they're so bumpy. It's bad enough in cars, let alone in this one. The handrails are made from the Royal Yacht Britannia timber and a wooden crown covered in gold leaf. The centrepiece was carved from oak from Nord Nelson's flagship HMS Victory. Oh, lovely. It's got all the, all the right bits. And uh, the, uh, the wood from HMS Victory used in the crown was put away by the Admiralty after a refit in 1922. 
And so uh, the Queen, who goes down in history, is one of the greatest monarchs who's ever lived. And uh, she's got something special, but it is very uncomfortable. But it will be covered on LBC a little bit later on. And people will uh, people enjoy seeing it. We enjoy watching it. I don't understand why they do it. And she doesn't write the speech herself. But at least she gets out there and uh, and uh, and does it. Jeff in Epping says, who was that silly woman having a go at you about having a go at Katie Price and Susanna Reid? I'm sure they know and love the criticism and others give out. They're both clever enough to know by mentioning their names. It keeps them in the public spotlight and that's worth a lot. Of course, Steve, if they did have a real problem, they would get in touch and beg you to do one of your in-conversation with Sessions to put their point of view over. Call Katie Price whatever you like, but she's a businesswoman who's milking it for whatever she can get, and Reid must be crying to the bank before she goes running back to the BBC in tears, asking them to take her back. Great show, says Jeff. Please don't stop. Oh, no, we don't worry about bully, bully person Rosalind. Definitely not. Uh, Hank... I had The Shadows' first LP, says Richard, which featured Hank Marvin's fabulous rendition of Blue Star, which I loved. The new album is, is covers. And the... Excuse me. The reason it's, uh, it's covers, he's, he lives, as far as I remember, in Australia now. I wonder if he knows that he's over here and Cliff, in July, is going to be doing pantomime in Sydney. But on this uh, Hank album called Hank, I mean, he is a, he's a modern-day icon. He's got California Girls, I Only Have Eyes For You, I Can See Clearly Now, Summertime Blues. For, for fans of, of Hank's guitar playing, and he did, and also Waterloo Sunset, he did perfect the art of playing and walking backwards and forwards. I don't, there was a name for it, I can't remember what it was, but he, he influenced a, a generation of people. And this year sees the 60th anniversary of the Fender Stratocaster, the guitar made famous by Hank. I wonder how many he's got? We shall find out later. He's coming in uh, this morning. At 10 o'clock with Lisa Davis. So that'll be nice. That'll be nice. Um, the England star... Actually, over the last couple of days, we seem to have talked about Alan Lalana because he took all his clothes off for a spoof wedding thing. Now, apparently, he's actually put um, in the back garden in Ringwood in Hants uh, a court so he can play football, but I don't think he's had planning permission. And people are saying, oh, should he be allowed to put this in his back garden? I don't know what you can put in your back garden now. I really don't. But, uh, obviously, somebody's decided a football pitch wasn't the wasn't exactly the right thing to put in there. Anne Widdicombe, she's still going. What if she's doing pantomime this year? And talks about Kirsty Allsop advising girls to have babies before going to university. Whatever sort of planet is she on, writes Anne Widdicombe. Well, quite clearly, uh, one that you're not on, Anne. Although I did laugh the other day. I did laugh because, was it the Pope saying that people who don't have children get lonely? later in life, which means that the Pope's going to be very lonely, because as far as I know, he doesn't have any children, and people have been criticising him. In fact, yesterday on Ian Dale, they had Christine Hamilton, and she's saying, what about the people who can't have children? What about the people who can't afford to have children? It's very wrong of the Pope to start picking on people, you know, when he doesn't have any children, and he's certainly not experienced to talk about things like that at all, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850... I was told years ago Hank Marvin had become a Jehovah's Witness. He's been a Jehovah's Witness, Simon, for ages. Ages and ages. And, uh, but he doesn't talk about it that often. He really doesn't. I wonder if he will today. But he says, I'd love to ask him about a concert he took part in on the London Docklands with a French artist, Jean-Michel Jarre. Oh, that was the man who did Oxygen, wasn't it? Oxygen, the album for Jean-Michel Jarre. He did a lot of Soin Lumiere light shows. Uh, ways that I know that. Very good looking. He married a famous person. Looked and sounded amazing. I've got it on CD. Oh, well, there you go. Yes, Jean-Michel Jarre used to do these um, 
these concerts where they would light up buildings. And it was, he was sort of an early, or sort of a later Rick Wakeman. Rick Wakeman did his Six Wives of Henry VIII, 84850, Steve at LBC. Kelly says, if you suspect, ladies, your man of cheating and you know where the mystery woman lives, drive by the house and if the Wi-Fi connects, you've got the answer. It's a bit dramatic, isn't it? A bit dramatic for, for people like that. Uh, there is a, a wonderful video on YouTube for you, Steve, says Val. It's called Welcome to Hounslow. Definitely a must-see. It's almost as though it was made especially for you. Yes, welcome to Hounslow, gateway to nowhere. I don't know what you could say about Hounslow that's repeatable on a programme like that. This. I don't. I can't think of anything, actually. Anything off the top of my head. Steve, Cheryl Cole, perfection. Dear. But Pete says, any male whose feet are larger than a size seven uh, must be reverting back to Neanderth- Neanderthal. <laughs> Uh, 84850, Steve at LBC. Des says, well said about the pubs. It's happening everywhere. People blame the poor bar staff without knowing what you've explained about the price of a pint. Well, I feel sorry for the landlords. I know a number of landlords who've been ripped off by these by these brewery owners. It's just, it's not not very nice at all. And they, they struggle to make ends meet. They really do. They struggle all the time. They struggle all the time. Who sent me this? Oh, I think this is um, Padraig who says the early bird catches the worm. Rain today but sunny tomorrow. 22 degrees on Friday and thunder on Saturday. Won't somebody think of the plants? Bless him, honestly. He's worrying about odd things at the uh, the moment. I did get out there and water plants yesterday. In fact, for the first time this summer, I've given them their first feed of tomorite. First feed of tomorite. Uh, 84850. It should be uh, Greg Mulholland who should get the credit for pub reforms. It's all he's talked about for the past four years. But it's not going far enough. It's not going to protect the landlords who are being ripped off by these, by the owners of these pubs. They've done no end of programmes on the television where they've exposed these companies. And it's about time. I mean, Vince Cable is about 500 years out of date on this one. It's been going on for ages. I know no end of landlords who have had to move out of a pub. Every time you know, somebody moves out, they then go in there. They give them these contracts, which are just so to tie somebody up in knots. And then they spend money doing the pub up. And who pays for it? The landlord pays for it. Small wonder they don't make money. Small wonder they have to open later and later and later. Small wonder they have to offer something a bit more than just somebody sitting in the corner with a pint. They're no use to them at all. No use to them at all. Gone are the days of Emmerdale where somebody just sat in the corner of the pub and just said something. At least in the Emmerdale pub, small, pokey little place that it is, the Woolpack, they have people who seem to eat on a regular basis. Although, to be honest with you, I wouldn't want to touch anything that came out of that kitchen. And then there's other people who sit at... I mean, perhaps they're all alcoholics in Emmerdale because they spend a lot of time gravitating around the pub. There was one man who used to sit in the Emmerdale bar in the Woolpack and he just nursed a pint. He never said anything. He was just there, and he just he was an extra, and they weren't allowed to talk. You'll notice that in Coronation Street they have extras as well, and they don't say anything. So they'll walk into Rita's cabin, and uh, she'll go, Dolly Mixtures, and so she puts them on the counter. And they'll, they will have a whole transaction without the person saying any money, because the moment they speak, they get paid. So they don't want to, don't speak, don't speak, we'll have to do that again. Don't speak, OK? Just come in, pick up the paper. Just... I was watching the other day, who's the... Uh... There's one in Coronation Street who works in the knicker factory, who's uh, uh, Anthony Cotton, who was pretending to have a conversation with the two people at his table, but because he didn't feature in that scene, really, he was just sort of mouthing uh, two words, and then he stared into the distance. I thought, do you know, his acting's getting worse. Certainly not getting any better. Quarter to six. Steve Allen on LBC.
Morning, everybody. Lynn in Bushy says, I disagree, Steve. Of course you can have a sex life after you have children. Just not until they leave home. I know, that was the big problem, wasn't it? The big problem. Um, Re-men's uh, shoe sizes. I take a size 7, says Sean, the train driver, and I'm as macho as they come. Right. And Cheryl went to Quickfit in Sevenoaks yesterday. A three-hour wait for a, a picture repair. Do you, th- do you think you mean puncture repair? Do you think it's puncture? I mean, unless they've started taking in pictures now. She said, how can a three-hour wait be quick? Yes. Well, I mean, I don't know. I'm still waiting to get my car back. I'm feeling very bereft of my car. The, the driver I had this morning said, I, I came in to, to look at your car, he said, and it's not there. I said, no, I've got a Suzuki. It's horrible. It's being the, I'm, I'm the laughing stock of Twickenham. It really is terribly, terribly embarrassing. Front page of the... Daily Mail today, a victory for their six-year campaign as ministers force reluctant supermarkets to impose a 5p charge on plastic bags. Although you can get plastic bags from anywhere. If you go to Paul Cooper's fruit and veg shop, they give you a free plastic bag. And they seem to be fairly strong. And when I go in the supermarket, I always buy a plastic bag. And I always buy a 9p plastic bag. I'm never going to lose sleep over something that costs 9p. I'm not going to worry about that. And they go, of course, if it breaks, you can bring it back and we'll give you another one. Has anybody ever gone back with a broken plastic bag and gone, it broke, can I have another one, please? Has anybody ever done I've never done that. I wonder whether you could actually do that. I wonder if that would be worth trying. I might do that. I might sort of deliberately cut a handle off a plastic bag, take it back and say, can I get a replacement, please? The handle broke. Because I've got loads of plastic bags under my desk. Low, very shortly, they're going to ask me to remove the blooming things, I know. But at the moment, I'm doing... It's, a, it's storage, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> it's storage. Uh, graduates fill 20% of low-skilled jobs. The university boom has left huge numbers overqualified. And every time I think about that, I keep thinking of people selling coffee, you know, baristas, and, and people who are sort of doing coffee, and they all come from Poland. There's nobody English in Starbucks or any of the coffee shops in Twickenham at all. Oh, except in the uh, Hool and Harrison or whatever it's called. That one. That's about the only one. All the rest of them, all the Costas and everything else, it's all Polish. It's, is there anybody in Poland? I got on the bus the other day. I don't think there was any... Uh, listening to everybody speaking upstairs, it was all Polish. Is Poland empty or closed? Is everybody over here at the moment? I suspect they are. But uh, only going to prove... That what I said all along, that uh, when Brooklyn Beckham got a job in a coffee shop, it was for about five seconds, so they could then release the story to the press. And, uh, as you now know, they're all back in America again, so uh, just a little part-time job, I suspect. Uh, Jean-Michel Jarre was uh, married to Charlotte Rampling. That's who I couldn't think of. And he did... It was Oxygen. It was Oxygen, wasn't it, that he... I'm pretty certain. Uh, Steve, what about pound pubs? Will they change things? Is it? Oh, yes, I remember hearing about pound pubs a short while ago. Isn't there one? Isn't there one near me? A pound pub? Does that mean that everything is a pound? Well, stupid question. How much are things in a pound uh, pub? Uh, Steve, LBC is simply five hundred years out of date. Full stop. Carol says, "I wonder how Hank Marvin feels about being forever remembered as Cockney rhyming slang." Uh, yes, I mean, I think that's quite nice. And I, I did watch the other night. I did watch another one of the Cliff films where the shads appear. Big fan of the Shads, because they're all still alive, aren't they? They're all still alive. Uh, Bruce lives down in Richmond. I don't know where the other ones are. It's the only one I know, actually. But they are, they're are—they're all definitely still alive. Uh, well done to a couple here. Finally, they've had a little bit of a victory over the Jobsworth, because next to the wasteland, which was next to their home, they built a mini farm. And it was, it was horrible. 
They were sitting on this wasteland, so they turned it to good use, and they toiled away in pursuit of the good life for three years. Paul Garnett and his partner Amanda, why they're not married, I've got no idea, they've got two children, they dreamed of enjoying the sort of self-sufficient suburban lifestyle made famous by the 70s TV series. So they transformed a patch of wasteland, grew vegetables... Uh, they they transformed this patch of wasteland that they bought from the council. They grew vegetables. They kept hens and geese to feed themselves and their two children. But uh, the intensive use of the land upset the planning officials and they were ordered to return it to its unkempt state. You see, that's what I never understand about councils. How dumb do they have to be? Determined their good life dream shouldn't be wrecked, they challenged the order. Neighbours impressed by how they turned the dumping ground for fly-tippers into a fertile plot backed them. Joiner Mr Garnet and Miss Wadiam bought the fifth of an acre for ten grand, spent 30,000 transforming it. Anyway, they've they finally won. They have won. And, uh, and, they've, uh, and they've sort of they've done quite well. They've done it. In February, the planning officers warned them that their work put them in breach of the Town and Country Planning Act. They could apply for permission, but it would be refused. Local councillor David Robinson described the official's action as absolutely balmy. Yes, they are a bit balmy councils, aren't they, at at times? They they make these decisions without actually thinking. Surely we'd much rather have a couple who are self-sufficient and who put the ground to good use, as opposed to leaving it as a wasteland. But they they don't seem to understand that. Daily Star... Kate and White D. Oh dear, this is the uh, the Duchess and White D are related. I suppose we're all going to be related at some point. And uh, here's uh, Rihanna, top of the box, because she's wearing a see-through cat suit, which is uh, showing top bits and bottom bits. She's wearing a, a G-string. Ant and Deck have revealed there's only one thing that would ever split them up. The jungle. Because they don't, they don't want to go into the jungle, as you could imagine. Why would they want to go into the jungle? It's easier to put celebrities in there. They're also trying to speculate now who's going into the Big Brother house like anybody really cares. You know it's going to be some vile people. I should imagine that Josie creature will go in. Remember that awful one that we featured on the programme who wanted a boob job on the NHS, so we had to pay for that. Uh, then she decided she didn't want it, and so everybody's saying, well, you pay for it yourself. And then she... Sorry? Josie Cunningham. And then she was working as a, an escort and she got pregnant. But she did say that she would have bought the child if she thought there was a chance of being put on Big Brother. And quite rightly, everybody rounded on her because she's a bit thick. But there again, you see these people all the time. I went to the Jean-Michel Jarre concert with the great Hank Marvin at the London Docklands. Hank played a tune called London Kid, says Neil. It was brilliant, unbelievably spectacular. But typically, the weather was atrocious and it poured down. London Kid. I'll ask him about it. I'll ask him about London Kid. I wonder if he'll remember. It's not on the... Wait a minute. It's not on the... I just have to check on the album, actually, just to see there is something on here. Is it? No. Sealed with it. These are all old standards. You are the sunshine of my life. Good day, sunshine. Message in a bottle. Summer guitar. Summer of 42. But uh, nothing called London Kid. He's very clever, Hank. So... And he doesn't come over here very often, so let's make the most of it, shall we? Um, We're settling down for the night, says Stephen, listening to you in Paso Robles in California. It's almost 10 o'clock. 2,500 of us are on a bicycle ride from San Fran to L.A. to raise money and awareness for HIV and AIDS. Uh, So far, we've raised $15 million and we're at mile 240. 
out of 545. We're wondering, is there any cause that you get on your pedal bike and get saddle sore for? We cycle about 80 miles a day. We'd love to see you at next year's ride, but you can check out great pictures of this year's event at aidslifecycle.com. The only downside of the ride is we have to sleep in tents and we can't have a drink for the entire week, almost dreaming of that first margarita when we get home on Saturday. Stephen, usually listening in the Hollywood Hills, uh, there is nothing that would ever get me onto a saddle. Nothing at all. I was talking the other day about horse riding. I used to horse ride a lot when I was younger. Everywhere we went, my dad would find out exactly where the local stable was and we would go riding. But because he'd ridden professionally before, we were able to go out away from the school which was which was quite good. We didn't want to sort of, uh, you know, sort of wander out. We lost Jet Harris. Oh, did we? Ah, right. Thank you. Who died a few years ago? I used to use one of their songs. I think it was Diamonds. Jet Harris and Tony. Was it Tony Me and Jet Harris? I can't remember now. Um, and we used to use Diamonds. And I got a letter from Jet Harris saying thank you for using our our bit of music as a as a theme for the program. I enjoyed it actually. Enjoyed it very much indeed. Let's have a quick look at uh, some more of your. Uh, on, on the subject of uh, God's waiting room, says uh, young Michael. He's in Frinton-on-Sea. It is God's waiting room. No, Hastings is God's waiting room. Or oh, certain parts of Manchesterford. Can you ask Hank Marvin why Jet Harris left the shadows? And when are you going to do an in-conversation with Mike Berry? I don't know, actually. I don't know. We've got the Osmonds coming in. I think it's next week. Uh, who's coming in? I've got no idea. I don't know who's in the country at the moment. Rick says, uh, I have seven kids, so unless it was the angel Gabriel's fault, my sex life continued after number one child. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. It's always exciting when people want to tell you things about themselves that you never really wanted to know. Uh, We went to see John Bishop in 2008. About 70 of us turned up at the Darwin Suite in Derby. Go to see Gareth Malone on tour, Steve. Everything from a 16th century candlelit vigil to human beatbox. More London history, please. Yes, I think more London history is a good idea. Plenty more to come on your midweek. It's now midweek. Early morning breakfast show from LBC with Steve Allen. It's Wednesday. I'm here till 6.30. Then we hand over to Lisa Aziz with the morning news and Nick Ferrari at breakfast from 7. It's called Boris today. Uh, The Guardian leaves with an ideology at odds with traditional British values. It's taken hold at the school's inspectorate, Ofsted, a group of leading educationalists and Muslim leaders have warned today. The Times says Michael Gove believes there's been a plot by extremist Muslims to take over schools in Birmingham. The Eye reveals David Cameron and Nick Clegg have trumpeted the coalition's achievements in a broad hint they could work together again. And the Mail report that at last plastic bags are to be banished. You'll all have to pay 5p from next year. From LBC, I'm Steve Allen. That's next. This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Oh, actually, looks like it might brighten up today. Let's not uh, count our blessings just yet. We'll give you the rundown. In a moment, it's uh, it's called Boris today. It's your chance to have a chat to Boris. So what will you be asking him, I wonder? Uh, plus, we'll be uh, reporting back on the mail. Plastic bags that have been banished. The shoppers will have to pay 5p for plastic bags from next year. This is a bit of a, a bugbear, I think, with Nick Ferrari. He's one of those people, he wouldn't pay 5p for a carrier bag, whereas I pay 9p and don't have any problem with things like that at all. I quite like paying 9p for a carrier bag. And uh, perhaps if, if more people did it, although perhaps it would encourage us to actually start taking bags out. I've seen people before, I've got my own bag, they say, and you think, not going to argue with you. It's at LBC.
All that's next. Yeah, till 6.30 this morning. We'll run through the front pages of the, the papers and let you know exactly what everybody's saying. And uh, looking at the papers this morning with Nick Ferrari, it's Oliver Duff, the editor of the iNewspaper, who'll be live in the studio. Poor old Tom Swarbrick gets to go out to that park to get dive-bombed by rooks, I think. And there's, a, there's another story about that in the paper today. Michelle Keegan, you have to laugh at Michelle Keegan. Honestly, I mean, she does do her best, really, with limited talent. And uh, they, I was watching... I must have been seeing it yesterday, mustn't I? Uh, because they finally announced she was dead in Coronation Street. One of the uh, TV critics yesterday wrote he stood up and cheered. <laughs> it was fantastic news. Anyway, she's launched her High Street clothing collection as if she's ever sat down and actually designed anything at all. What they do is they find somebody who they think is reasonably newsworthy and then they go, oh, would you like to do a collection? They sort of put it together and they say, OK, just have some pictures taken and that's how it works. And so apparently little girls go out there and go, oh, Michelle Keegan's done I'll, I'll buy. It's like buying Victoria Beckham's stuff or her perfume or any of the Fahir's sisters and the rubbish that they, they come up with. I mean, one of them's actually brought her own perfume out. Well, somebody in a laboratory has come up with this perfume. They go, would you like to sell this? But it's sold at the cheaper end of the market. You can take the bags back and get replacements. I've done it, says Deb. Um, another one here says, disgracefully, I'm only shoe size seven. Oh, dear. That's not good enough, is it? Men should not be. Uh, so, no, 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 Steve, says Howard in Stoke Pogis, and somebody's got to come from there. Cromer in Norfolk is God's waiting room. I also, the only thing I ever know about Cromer, and I don't know why I know this, but it's famous for the lifeboat. The lifeboat in Cromer is famous. Now, whether or not it was a Blue Peter project some years ago, I don't know. I just remember Cromer, lifeboat. So, unless it was involved in some amazing rescues, or it was the Blue Peter boat, I don't know. But I just remember thinking Cromer. I, I never thought God's waiting room. I thought Hastings was God's waiting room. Now we've managed to move it to Frinton-on-Sea. Could be Manchesterford, couldn't it, I suppose? <laughs> uh, yes, Steve, Jean-Michel Jarre did Oxygen and many more, and some amazing concerts. I never saw any at all. I never saw any, but at least we know a little bit more about him, and we know that he did work with Hank Marvin, and Hank Marvin did do this song, London Kid. And there's a video which Neil sent to me, which is lovely. Thank you. I'll have a look at that a little bit later on. I shall try and remember to ask him about it, but I know me, I shall forget nearer the time, and we'll be talking about a million and one other things. What if he knows, though, that Cliff Richards is overdoing pantomime in Sydney? Uh, apparently, says Val, if, if uh, Tesco, if a carrier breaks on your way to the car and you smash a bottle of wine or any other product, they replace it free of charge. And please watch the Welcome to Hounslow video. It's a real send-up. I promise you, you'll love it. I shall try and remember that one to do a little bit later on, because I've got a couple of hours to kill. So it could. You can indeed, says Sue, get a ripped bag for life, swapped free of charge at the supermarket. It's not about 9p, it's about being environmentally friendly. Yeah, but you see, I know people who turn them inside out. Because they don't want to advertise a certain supermarket. They go, oh, no, I'm not advertising the supermarket. I'll turn it inside out. And I don't actually care. Uh, Oxygen Part 4. So he did do Oxygen. Was it, was it a bit like Tubular Bells? Or was it nothing like Tubular Bells? Am I, am I barking down the, uh, the wrong street on that one? I'm going to go and check him out on, on Amazon a little bit later on. Front pages of the papers. We mentioned the carrier bags. And it's the mails. A six-year campaign. A six-year campaign. And they want people to, to start taking their bags back. Well, I've got some bags here. Perhaps I should start taking those home. I do use bags at home for rubbish. I don't know why. I bought an atomic clock the other day. You know, one that's sent by the radio signal. I was quite pleased with it. I went into Argos 
because they, they were fairly, fairly inexpensive. Unfortunately, their machine was so slow, in the end, it just turned itself off. And so the woman said, oh, you can go and queue up here. And I looked at the queue and I said, no, I'll go somewhere else. Simple as that. Can't see it lasting much longer. Daily Express, the amazing true story of Kate's family history. Uh, energy bills, and they're talking about Madeleine McCann, but of course, being the Express, they love a good medical story. And here it is today. Patients suffering from the agony of arthritis have been given fresh hope. Scientists now know more about where the disease originates, and it will, they say, help them develop powerful drugs to relieve the daily torment of the condition and could lead to a less toxic alternative to current treatments. It's either that or people suffering around me at the moment with hay fever. I feel so sorry for anybody with hay fever. I don't get very often. I get it very, very occasionally, very, very mildly, hay fever. But I've seen people who had literally... I had to give a friend a hanky the other day because we're going around Regent's Park and he couldn't stop sneezing and his eyes were streaming. He said, have you got a hanky on you? And I said, yeah. Luckily, it was a brand new hanky in my pocket. And you know the cheeky devil, he used it, he wanted to give it to me back again. Like you'd want a hanky coming back from somebody. I mean, that's just not right, is it? That's wrong on so many different levels. Uh, Jane has won an award. It's the, it's the Glamour magazine. But as I say, there's, there's awards every night in London hotels. They can come from anything from Bunty magazine to Playtime, I should imagine. Uh, Justin Bieber caught on film. It's only a few years ago. He was such a nice young man. He was nice and pleasantly, you know... Just, just nice about people, and he was good, and he was well-mannered. Now he's turned into a bit of an idiot. Frank Lampard, I never thought I'd leave Chelsea, and I have to be honest, I was slightly, slightly disturbed by that one. Did make me laugh, though, that quite clearly Chelsea don't want him anymore. And so they've, uh, they've let him go. He's got loads of offers from other clubs, but what difference does that make to the Chelsea fans? They're not going to be following him there anyway. Alison Phillips says most of us are doomed to die fat, millions of us, in fact, because we can't lose weight. People cannot diet nowadays. They cannot change their lifestyle. They almost want to be fat. People want to be overweight. And so she says, we're doomed to die because we've lost the will to say no. Occasionally, you think, I just, you know, I want my life to be a bit more exciting. So occasionally, you want to have something like a cream cake or something that's really bad for you. And and you eat it thinking it's really bad. I shouldn't be eating it. But you eat it anyway. And then you suffer with the guilt afterwards. A friend of mine's not very well. He, He went to the doctor and she said, oh no, because he was getting chest pains over his heart, and the, and the doctor put it down to strains. I said, well, we had a story in the paper the other day about a doctor's surgery that had misdiagnosed some woman who died as a result because she didn't get the right diagnosis. I said, so I, I take it all with a pinch of salt. I try and find out. Uh, dumped Leona Lewis, former X Factor winner, once hailed by Simon Cowell as the saviour of the show, and she's now with, with somebody else. And I watched the other day, I don't know why I was thinking of Leona Lewis... But I was watching that Golden Globe thing, which Jasper Carrot does, which is a very, very good quiz show. And I don't know why it's not currently on the television in its new form, because it's, it's much, much better. Jan says plastic bags are useful, necessary and waterproof. How petty of the male to try to get them banned. Well, it's worked. It's worked. Phil says if we have to pay for plastic bags, can we insist on plain bags? If we have to pay, why should we have to advertise the shop? Yes, well, you would... I mean, it, it does come down to that. I mean, I, I think that is that is being a little bit petty, turning the bag inside out. I mean, I know people who go into Marks & Spencer's with a Waitrose bag and put it in there, as if Marks & Spencer's going to be particularly bothered. They've already got the money out of it. Who cares whether you bought your 9p bag there or somewhere else? Cromer was very famous for crabs, says Margaret. Oh, really? Oh, there you go. You live and learn, don't you? Uh, my auntie lived there. Very boring place. And Bob says, my sister's got size 11 feet and is 5 foot 10. 
Jean-Michel Chard, the album with Hank Marvin was Revolutions and coincided with his concert where he set fire to the River Thames. I thought that was, um, that was Ken Livingstone when he was, when he was mayor. God, it seems like hundreds of years ago now. Didn't they try and set fire to the, they wanted it a river of fire, I think, for New Year's Eve and it didn't work. And it was rather, rather feeble. But I don't think anything's ever rivaled the fireworks of Sydney for New Year's Eve a couple of years ago. Ours weren't particularly brilliant. Let's have a quick... Oh, there was a story I was going to bring you. The story I was going to bring you. Where is it? Where is it? It's a story about, about a drug dealer whose car was involved in a crash. And we might have to pay millions of pounds in compensation, even though he's a drug dealer. Even though he's a drug dealer. Bogus policeman are preying on foreign tourists in London, Scotland Yard have warned. The criminals, who claim to be plainclothes officers, demand to see visitors' wallets before making off with the cash. Hotspots for the fraud include, wait for it, Tower Bridge and the Shard. Some fraudsters have even asked for victims' pins. Met Police said they were stepping up patrols to protect sightseers, stressing that no real officer would demand money. It's amazing, though. They obviously get away with it, don't they? they? They go up to somebody and say, you know, I want this and somebody... I mean, I personally wouldn't hand over anything at all to anybody, whether they announce they were a police officer or special branch. They're getting nothing out of me. Quarter past six. Do you know, it's 25 years since Tiananmen Square. 25 years. And that one image will always forever be etched in my mind. Tank Man. Nobody ever knows uh, what happened. He was the protester who stood in front of the line of tanks. They moved to the right. He moved to the right. Thousands of uh, people over the years have have lost their lives. It was uh, 1989. Chinese troops and tanks entered Tiananmen Square at about 1am and fired on civilians. More than a million students and workers gathered for the demonstration. Unknown, the number of people killed by Chinese troops, but estimates raised from range from several hundred to thousands. An official death toll has never never, ever been released. 10,000 is the estimate for the number of people arrested during and after the protest. Dozens of people were also executed. The journalist uh, Gao Yu has spent more than seven years in prison. The Tiananmen massacre was condemned by leaders around the world, including Margaret Thatcher, who said she was shocked and appalled by the shootings. The human rights record of China is... uh, Certainly something that bears looking at again and again to realise just how atrocious it is. People just disappeared off to to death camps and they were just executed. With Nick Ferrari and the team at seven this morning, Ask Boris is back. Your chance to talk to the Mayor of London, who will be taking your calls. And as there are growing calls for an investigation into how a US soldier came to be held captive by the Taliban, Nick will be asking, did Obama make a big mistake? Special report from LBC's Tom Swarbrick and a very unusual predator stalking London Park. And what's been left off of the Queen's speech because it's state opening a parliament today. So there'll be lots of roads which are closed. My advice is get out there and get round as quick as possible. If you're a tourist, then you're going to absolutely love it today. Lots of pomp and circumstance and marching bands and the whole caboodle. We chuck it all in and we do it very well indeed. And you will see this coach made by an Australian from from Manly. How good is that? Twice we've mentioned that, uh, that place on the on the programme this morning. So it's made in Manly, and it's got lots of historical bits attached to it. Uh, Jay Patel says, I've got a Tesco MasterCard. I use it all the time with its rivals to wind them up. Uh, and a friend and his wife moved to Findon Valley near Worthing a few years ago. Neighbour came round to introduce himself and said, the problem with the area is that people came down here to die, but when they got there, they forgot why they came. <laughs> 
I like that. I like that idea. I think that appeals to my to my slightly warped sense of humour. Uh, Leonard says, uh, I was always told that Eastbourne was God's waiting room. The line was that Worthing buried their dead, Brighton cremate their dead, and Eastbourne let them walk around. That's quite... I hadn't heard that one before. I think that's quite good. Is that made up? Because it's very good, whatever it is. I like it a lot. Uh, I found London Kid on YouTube, and I've done a screenshot for you. Jean-Michel Char did another album called Zoo Look. Good but strange. You know you like fried bread, says Mike in Cornwall. Well, I had uh, toasted focaccia on... Uh, oh, my God, it was like posh fried bread. I just... I haven't had fried bread for ages, because I know it, it, it'll just make me terribly, terribly ill. But occasionally it's a little dream... I can, I'm allowed to dream occasionally and think, perhaps I could, ha- perhaps I could have some fried bread. Uh, Ian in Luton, I will ask him that. And, oh, the weather, I didn't bring you the, uh, the weather. Let's have a quick check. Cloudy, long, oh, here we go, long periods of rain. Today, cloudy, periods of rain, heavy at times, misty, especially near the south coast. The high today, 15 centigrade, so definitely getting chillier tonight. Cloudy, periods of locally heavy rain. Before midnight, dry conditions will move into the south as the rain becomes light and intermittent further north. Dry everywhere by dawn. And for tomorrow, they say a much better day. All parts dry, plenty of sunshine. But Friday to Saturday, Friday's variable cloud, most parts dry. Saturday, cloudy with showers or longer periods of rain. Heavy at times, improving late afternoon. And sunny spells on Sunday. Oh, I do have to get my car back today. Or at least tomorrow. Or at least tomorrow, perhaps somebody can have a word with Pete and go, he'd love it back tomorrow, you know. I know he's probably listening to this programme right now. Uh, Nigel says, Tony Meehan was the original drummer and died some years ago. Jet Harris was at a revival gig. He said that when Cliff and the Shads went to the Isle of Wight to perform, the Shads went on the ferry and Cliff walked across. It's an old gag. And, um, and I don't know why Jet wasn't on the Cliff and the Shadows gig two or three years ago. No idea. No idea. Uh, Merle says, when did Cliff last perform with the Shadows? <sighs> That's a question. We shall find out. Shall we ask the question? Uh, Broadstairs, says Vic in Boreham Wood. He said, That's God's waiting room. It's funny how we all come up with this. Isn't it funny how they're all down south? Is there nowhere up north at all? Front pages this morning. This is what you're waking up to, if you, indeed you are just waking up and you've tuned very wisely to LBC. The Telegraph leading on the Queen's speech and how David Cameron and Nick Clegg will present their groundbreaking pensions reform as an answer to sceptics who claim that the government has run out of steam. The Independent looks at how Assad has hung on to power in Syria after the election. The I. Meanwhile, looks at the Queen's speech and how Cameron and Clegg have trumpeted the coalition's achievements in a hint they could work together again. The Times, an exclusive on Michael Gove's belief there's a plot by extremist Muslims to take over schools in Birmingham. The Guardian also focusing on Birmingham schools, but instead looks at the school's inspectorate Ofsted. The FT splashes on deflation fears in the Eurozone, intensifying pressure on Mario Draghi, president of the European Central Bank. The Mail exclusive on shoppers having to pay 5p for plastic bags from next year. Next year, I ask you. The Sun looks at the latest Justin Bieber row after new footage shows him altering a song to joke about killing a N-word and joining the Ku Klux Klan. The Express has a story about how patients suffering from the agony of arthritis have been given fresh hope. The Mirror follows the police search for Madeleine McCann in the Algarve. And the Star says England fans are facing a World Cup bloodbath 
with notorious football thugs from Argentina plotting an ambush in Brazil. I'll have a free podcast for you in 30 minutes' time. We've got Alexandra Burke and uh, Kat Dealey. Good Lord, she's still around. Uh, Abby Clancy and who's this? Oh, poor old Lauren Goodyear. Yes, she's raising her very weary head. I don't know, honestly. The woman lurches from one disaster to another. Do you know, when I nearly walked out of the building yesterday I, because I've forgotten my phone. It was only because the uh, producer of, of, uh, of Nick Ferrari and of Lisa Aziz went, is that your phone? I went, do you know, I'd completely forgotten about it. I'm back with you tomorrow morning from four. If you missed any of the programme, download our new app from the LBC website, lbc.co.uk. Nick Ferrari here from seven. He's also got Ask Boris at nine. Next, Lisa Aziz with the morning news.